Welcome to day 177 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our rings, which can be found in 1 Kings chapter 17 to 19, with a focus on 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beshira, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors, who are already dead. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there was beside his head some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. I threw in verse 9 there because I think that's important as well. But Elijah is one of those prophets we read about in the Bible. And sometimes uh, we just get to hear about the prophet and the cool thing that he did. And today's reading covers a large portion of his ministry and what he went through. But also, if you've been with us on this week's readings what you'll see is the depravity of the kingdom in which he was assigned to be a prophet. He was prophesying in the kingdom that only had bad kings, that had kings that constantly turned away from God and worshipped other gods and continued to increase in their debauchery and their sacrifices. King Ahab being one of the absolute worst historically because Jezebel had him worshiping Baal, which was the very same God that the Canaanites worshiped in the promised land before God said, I'm going to drive them out. Now, what's interesting about all of this is Elijah has just had what we would all call a supernatural mountaintop moment. He's called down holy fire from God. If you were raised in the church, you know this passage probably for like the back of your hand. It's one of the Old Testament ones you hear in Sunday school a hundred times. Holy fire comes down, consumes the offering that Elijah had, uh, including all the water, the stone, everything just gets completely obliterated by fire. It's super cool. And the prophets of Baal, who had been chanting and crying all day and all night, and there was 400 of them, you know, they, they were not uh, heard. And Elijah, you know, Calls, uh, you know, starts chirping them is what my generation would say, you know, or clap back, I think is what this generation would say. A very great story. And then after that, he has supernatural speed and he runs to the kingdom. And then I'm a little surprised here because he's surprised that the queen, who is terribly wicked, and the king, who has just seen this miracle, are moved to anger to the point where they want to kill him. But that's where we're taking off today is he's had this huge Holy Spirit moment and now he's running for his life. And sometimes, you've got to hear me today, the enemy will come for the jugular. They'll come for the kill right after one of your greatest moments with God. 
Because there are times when we feel, oh, there's just been this miraculous moment and you almost feel invincible. And that's the time where you want to be praying even harder. You want to be drawing ever closer to God because man, oh man, there is nothing more dangerous than an enemy who is lost. And our enemy is the world's poorest loser. And he goes for the jugular. So Elijah, rightfully, in, and in some ways, he has a very human response after just seeing all the movements and power of God, including supernaturally outrunning a chariot, flees for his life. Flees for his life and God ministers to his heart and to his human fleshly spirit in that moment. He runs and he runs and he runs and he sleeps and he rests and an angel of the Lord wakes him up and he eats some bread and he drinks some water. He sleeps a little bit more and he eats and he drinks some more because he's advised, hey, the journey ahead is going to be a hard one. And there are some other great moments here. One, God cares about your physical needs. He cares about, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? Believe it or not, those are very spiritual and good things. Now we, in our North American context, have a tendency to overdo just about everything or underdo everything. We're not really good at finding that sweet spot. But God here says, hey, supernatural cake. Here's some water. Drink. Continue to rest. This isn't the first time either that he's been fed supernaturally and told to rest. God cares about what we are doing. God cares about what we are going through. God asks <laughs> us to take time to rest. And then God directs him to a place where he'll feel close I, uh, you know, there's some debate on whether he wandered around for those 40 days and nights or whether God was leading him and taking him onto a journey. But what we know is that he goes back to the place where God first revealed himself to the people of Israel. It's quite a distance from the promised land in some ways, especially by foot. And he meets with him there and he ministers to him there. Really the highlight today that got me thinking God sees you, God hears you, and God meets you where you're at. There are going to be times in this walk where you are weary, where you feel like you have been doing everything God's asked you to do. And this is a hard one to get, but obedience does not always mean success. Doing what God's asked us to doesn't necessarily mean our lives are going to be perfect and flawless. I know throughout some of these readings, we've talked about the kings and how the kings are established and their kingdoms go through sometimes of prosperity. But when you have been called by God to be a witness to those around you, to speak truth in places that are covered in lies, well, sometimes there's going to be a cost. Sometimes people aren't going to listen right away. Sometimes it's going to take some time. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. God sees you, He hears you, and He knows you, and He cares. And he will be there for you. Really, that's the big one of today. Do what's right, even if <laughs> the result you were hoping for doesn't come to. Do what God's called you to, and he'll be with you. Doesn't mean it'll be easy, but he will be with you. May you be built up in the spirit and encouraged by the word today. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.